Genesis 48:20, Deuteronomy 33:17, and it's a privilege to be here, one of our favorite places in the whole wide world. It's right here among such friends and fellowship, and uh, the service has been tremendous. Uh, I wish to goodness my wife could be here. She missed our service. She's very sick, has been this week, and uh, she would just she would just be in heaven and thankful my boys and myself able to be here with you and so uh, God's going to help us and what a uh, treat and privilege to be here so many kind things that brother Jordan says and we'll pray that he 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 gets help with that deceitful stuff you know before Jesus comes because I was looking around to see who else was here and, uh, but he's very kind, and we, we do appreciate the friendship, and uh, the feeling is very mutual. I don't want to go any further without just let's get in the Word of God. Genesis 48, 20 says, And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Deuteronomy 33, 17 says, And they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. <clears throat> Thankful today for the word of God. As we plumb its depths and find the riches within it. I marvel to have the ability to receive from him what he puts in his word. Tonight I hope that somebody, I, I, I realize in this incredible atmosphere that so many of you are thriving and, and as you should. But I, I believe that I need to speak to somebody that is caught between the current of where you have been and where life has taken you and where God wants to take you from here. So if you'll give me just a few moments, I want to speak to you, that person, that scenario from this text. The Bible talks to us that God wants us to be fruitful. Amen. In every covenantal situation and relationship and the establishment of God's people, you will find that there is the direct word from God himself. It accompanies his blessing and he blesses them as such that they are to be fruitful and to multiply. We find this in the beginning of time with Adam and Eve in the garden and as they are being commissioned in this utopia in which they will dwell, they are told that it is to them to replenish, to be fruitful, and to multiply. We understand as time goes on, there's the interruption of God's design and plan. There's the corruption and the fallen state of mankind until God wipes the face of the earth of mankind Save the few souls that were saved in the ark. And then the Bible tells us when Noah emerged, he looked at Noah and his family and he told them, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> Bible talks to us as time goes on and he calls out of Ur, 
Chaldees, a young man named Abraham, and he sends him out into the wilderness along with his family, and they walk the sandy dunes of the desert. And along the path, God shows him things like the stars of the night and said, that's going to be as your children shall be. And the grains of sand upon which you walk, innumerable as they are, those shall be as your children. Be fruitful and multiply, he tells a man whose wife was barren, a couple that could not have children. And yet this promise was reiterated to the miracle child, which was Isaac, that came from Abraham and Sarah. From Abraham and Sarah came Isaac, and from Isaac and Rebekah then comes Jacob and Esau. And Esau and Jacob received a promise from God from their loins of Abraham, be fruitful and multiply. And we see as the generations continue from Adam and Eve all the way through time as God would begin to relate to people. There was one thing he would do. He would bless them and let them know in this blessing, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. It is Jacob, the the third of these patriarchs that we come to today. These are his grandsons. We understand that Jacob had 12 sons, and of them, Joseph, uh, we find that Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and this is from which we take our text, and this is where our story starts. The story of Manasseh and Ephraim begins with the troubled narrative of their father, a man who was born into promise and privilege, a man who was born as the favorite and the favored of his father, but ran afoul with the feelings of his brothers until life dealt him such terrible circumstances. Bible tells us that he went from pits to prison. Bible talks to us about his travel from slavery to slander. And the Bible tells us that he was hated and hurt because of the dreams that God had given him. Because of this misunderstanding, he found himself in precarious scenarios and situations. And it was not only what he suffered and endured, but it was what he had to deal with within. I, I, I just got to feel that Joseph was as human as any one of us. And so it wasn't just the pain that he had afflicted upon him. It was not just the circumstances in which he found himself, but I believe it might have been the inner turmoil and the wars within himself that, that not what people had done to him, but what he had to keep himself from doing within. You see, years had been wasted. He could make a fortune if he could just get out of prison, but nobody can buy back your youth opportunities had been lost and he had understood what it was to suffer abandonment, to lose his family, not knowing where his father was or if he had died as he suffered the pains of estrangement. Yet we see that even in these dark and dire circumstances that God still came through. See, the enemy cannot put you in a position that God's promise cannot reach you. 
Hallelujah. The enemy cannot put you in a situation that God's voice cannot find you. The enemy cannot put you in a precarement that God cannot get to where you are. And so it was. He was called out of the prison. And he was exalted into the governorship of Egypt. He was exalted above the entire nation. He was given, amen, the governorship with perks. He was given blessings and accolades. He was treated in celebrity fashion. He was given the daughter of an Egyptian priest to wed, a beautiful woman that gave him two sons. And this is where our story catches up with our text. For the Bible tells us that Ephraim was the youngest and Manasseh was the eldest. And they were named according to the turn of events in Joseph's life. Joseph made a point to make sure that those who would read about his story after his bones were rotting away in a, in a grave, the Bible tells us that he made sure everybody would understand that he named this child as he holds him in his arms, wondering uh, uh, where his father was, if he was still even alive, that, that connection to his family that had been severed and lost, and he holds this baby he no longer has a, a, a past that he can cling to. <clears throat> but he has, he has now a future. He now has something he can look forward to. And, and the Bible tells us that as he holds this baby in his arms, he names him Manasseh for the Bible. says, he has caused me to forget my toil. He has caused me to forget my toil. Some time passes and the Bible tells us that another son was born to Joseph and his wife and this he calls Ephraim. And this name had a, a meaningful purpose to it as well for the Bible says Ephraim was meant that he has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. We, we find that these names would mean something not just then but in time to come for the Bible tells us there was a season of time when Joseph was finally reunited with his family. We understand how his family comes together and, and they are reunited and, and his father is returned to him hardly believing that his son Joseph could be alive. They are given the land of Goshen to dwell in and his brothers come and obedient to the dream that God had given them they bowed before him they made things right and the Bible says that God blessed them and they flourished exceedingly and so it was as time goes on I, I, I can't imagine the conversations this son and father had trying to catch up on these years that have been lost but finally comes the day that Jacob the broken man that had entered into this land to finally see his son calls his boy and says bring your sons to me I want to pray a prayer of blessing amen there was the generational blessing that would be passed on to the firstborn of each family and so it was 
house that even though Joseph was not the eldest son, he was the eldest of Jacob's preferred. And so Joseph understands what this moment means. This is monumental. He has seen the wreck that the previous generation made of their generation by by messing up this process. And, And so he wants to ensure that his father will get it right. And that's why when Manasseh and Ephraim are brought to his father and as they kneel beside that bed and that old man begins to let them know what this promise means. He utters the words that have been said for generations. You will prosper and you will be blessed by God and you will multiply. You will be fruitful. And so he puts his hands upon the heads of these boys. But then we find there is an anomaly. Something begins to happen because those bony old hands as they begin to stretch out crossed over his chest and the hand of blessing that should come down upon the eldest comes upon the youngest instead and the other hand crosses over to the eldest and once again Jacob realizing the confusion that is happening and he reaches out to stop his father and he says oh no dad you're getting it wrong you, 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 you're making a mistake here and in his frustration he tries to correct his dad when suddenly a voice comes out of his father that is not his father's alone but he lets him know oh no I'm right for you see the younger will exceed the elder there was something about it Joseph did not understand that day for you see he named his sons intentionally he named his sons on purpose he named them names that meant something as we've already said but there was something that he did not think about when he named those boys and that was God was not done see he named his boys in the middle of his crisis he named his boys in the middle of the process he named his sons in the middle of the miracle but the miracle had not finalized yet. Yes, conditions were better. Yes, things had changed for the better. Yes, life seemed to be turning around, but God was not done. I fear, amen, that somebody can take improvement as promise. And God, I want you to understand your promise is better than just an improved situation of what you've been dealing with. Your promise is bigger than just improvement. Your promise is bigger than just things being a little better. Amen. What he did not understand, he mistook improvement for the promise and thought that's as good as it was going to get, but God was not done. He named those boys before he ever got to see his father again. He named those boys before his brothers ever came and knelt and bowed. He named those boys before there was ever a, a reuniting in a place called Goshen, and he he did not understand that what God starts, he always finishes. And God was not done with him yet. Some of you might wonder, that's, that's cool. But what in the world does that have to do with you and I that sit in this house here tonight? I believe it's because of this.
Amen. That, that, that there were some things that Joseph had worth forgetting. He had lost his father and his mother. He had been betrayed by his brothers. Amen. He had lost so much that indeed he had some things. If he was ever going to live a life worth living, he needed to learn how to forget. Is it any wonder when he held that baby, he said, this is the one that's going to help me forget it all. Amen. It doesn't matter what they did to me. It doesn't matter what's been said against me. Amen. This is the one that's going to help me forget it. But the problem was not with forgetting. The problem was with his priority because to him forgetting was more important than fruitful and he exalted forgetting over fruitfulness. And God directed the hands of an old withered up blind man to say let me put your hand one upon the other. And God said you got it almost right Joseph but here's the deal fruitfulness is always going to be exalted over forgetfulness. Before you were born, I told your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather to be fruitful and multiply when the earth was void. And there was nothing in existence. I told Adam that the most important thing is to be fruitful and multiply. And there's somebody in this house that has been living in the existence of just trying to forget, just trying to forgive, just trying to get by, just trying to not be bitter. But I've come to tell you, God has something better than overcoming bitterness for you, and it's called fruitfulness. Come on, you don't have to live the rest of your life just trying to forget your hurt forget your pain forget your grief forget your wounds but there's something that is greater than surviving and it's called thriving and it's time for somebody to let God reverse some things in your life There's nothing wrong with forgetting. We, we call it forgetting, forgiving and forgetting. There's nothing wrong with forgetting. There's some things we don't need to remember anymore. There's some things we don't need to carry around with us anymore. There's some things we need to leave behind. Hallelujah. There's, you see, the problem is we're trying to live in the promise, but we're hanging on to the way, you know, the things that hurt us and the things that wounded us. And we've, we were hanging on to the things that have been said to us and the things that have been said about us and the things that have been said against us. And we're trying to live in two lands. We're, we're, try, we're, 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 we're trying to take some things into the land of the promise that doesn't need to go to the land of promise. At some point, we got to cut the line. At some point, we got to sever the tie. At some point we got to just tell some things you're staying behind you know what Joseph said when he came and came his time to die he said this land's been good to us boys but when I die and you get out of this place you take my bones with me with you because I don't want to stay here there's some things we got to leave behind and there's some things we got to carry forward but wounds and hurts and, and pains and, and indifferences and things that have been done to us there some things uh, that we do need to forget. 
How many times will we use them for excuses? How many times will we allow them to dictate our responses? How many times will we allow them to shape our thinking? I understand there's a necessity, amen, of forgetting some things. But if you wake up in the morning and you have to just continually remind yourself to forget, then you, my friend, have forgotten what the purpose of your life is. It's for more than just forgetting the past, but it's to remind you there is a future and so I've come to this service today amen to the person who struggled to lift your hands up to the person that struggled to move in this service for the person that struggled to find what God is doing why? because you're continually reminded of what's happened to you where you've been even what you've done your shame and your sorrow and your grief and your regret has got you shackled to your past and you're just doing your best to forget but I've come to tell you at some point you gotta tell forgetness amen that there's been a transfer of power there's been a transfer of blessing you see God says it's okay to forget but there's another thing it's called fruitfulness you gotta remind yourself that you don't produce the fruit Adam couldn't produce the fruit amen Abraham couldn't produce the fruit Noah couldn't produce the fruit but yet God said I'm gonna make you amen and give you authority and I'm going to position you and I'm going to allow you through the blessing of God to become fruitful. Amen. Here's what somebody has got to understand. The fruitfulness was not in themselves but every time there was fruitfulness and multiplication that was mentioned it always came in the context of blessing. God blessed. God blessed. God blessed and you become fruitful and multiply. What God has blessed how dare you curse what God has blessed how dare you put down I'm not talking about your neighbor tonight I'm talking about yourself you're blessed you're blessed you're blessed you're blessed but when you continue to drag up the past when you continue to live in fear and regret you're telling God you didn't know what you were doing when you blessed me but I come to tell you that God knew that you would fall God knew you would fail God knew you wouldn't get everything right but he still blessed you if God blesses you who in the world are you to see stuck in a place of forgetting come on church be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful be fruitful Let me, let me, let me, let me say something here. Dear Lord of mercy, I'm going to lose all goodwill toward me right now. Because you see, here's the problem. What sounds like humility is actually arrogance. You see, what sounds like we're feeling lowly and poor is actually pride and belligerence to tell God who are you to bless me here's the deal you can't earn the goodness of God you can't earn 
the blessing of God. You can't deserve the promises of God. And when we question God about blessing, oh, you, you understand, you got the wrong person. Why don't you bless so-and-so over there? They, 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 they haven't made the mistakes I've made. They haven't been where I've been and done what I've done and said what I said. And, 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 and we began to disqualify ourselves. What we're forgetting is we're not in a position to qualify or disqualify. And so we got to come to the conclusion and understanding that what God blesses, He blesses. And what He curses, He curses. And we, ha, 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 ha. Let me tell you, the ultimate trust is to come to the conclusion I don't understand why you love me I don't understand why you want me I don't understand why you called me and I don't understand why you let me live but if you're going to let me live then I'm going to live bountifully if you're going to let me live I'm going to live abundantly if you're going to let me live then I'm going to live in the blessings of the God of all creation I'm going to live in everything you've ever bought me through your blood, through your power, through your name, and through your anointing. I'm going to step out of forgetting into the promise of fruitfulness. I'm going to live better tomorrow than I live today. I'm going to live better next. Come on, somebody. Stop feeling sorry. Stop feeling sorry. Stop telling God to bless somebody else and realize, come on, pour it in, pour it on. You can bless me. You can bless me any way you want to. See, the problem is we're like Joseph. We don't understand the whole story. We're getting a hold of the hands of God. You're getting it wrong. The Lord says, here's what I know. I know what I'm doing for you. Fear not. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beast of the field. For the pastures of the wilderness do spring. And the tree beareth her fruit. And the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion. And rejoice in the Lord their God. For I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. And the canker worm. And the caterpillar. And the palmer worm. The great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, for he hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people will never be ashamed. And ye will know that I am in your midst and that I am the Lord God. And my people will never be ashamed. What I'm trying to tell somebody, amen, is the greatest revival will never be measured by how many people pack your pew. The greatest revival in the name of Jesus is when the apostolic Pentecostal people of God learn how to step out of shame. When the... Oh, 
Jesus, help me when the redeemed of the Lord not only say so, but they know so. Oh, come on, somebody. The cross was great and too great for you to sit back as some anemic, half-baked, withering soul. You're great in God. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. All right, let me help you. See, we can, we can understand God blessing us when it's something somebody else did to us. When somebody's wronged us and God blesses us, we're just getting back. Makes sense. I've talked to somebody in this house says, but you don't understand, Pastor. I'm in the mess I'm in because of my choices. I know God can fix their problem because somebody did that to them, but I'm in the mess I'm in because of what I did to myself. I got myself here. This is my mess up. This is my mistake. We can forgive others, but we can't forgive ourselves. Is this all right? No, is this where we're living? Is this all right? See, here's the deal. The problem is some of us can't accept the mercies and the grace of God because we know we deserve the mess we're in. And why would God redeem or fix up or, 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 or correct this scenario when this is the one of our own making? And, and so, you know, we allow God to bless others because, well, they, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. They deserve the blessing. But here's the problem. The Lord said, you know, I'm going to restore to you the years. Notice, notice, notice that he did not say, I'm going to restore to you the crops. Because you can get lucky and have a restorative crop. You know, you can, you can just have a bumper year and suddenly the grain bins that were empty are now full. But the Lord said, I'm going to do something for you nobody can do. There's no farmer big enough. There's no year lucky enough that you can restore the year. See, 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 it's it's not it's not about the money you've lost, it's not about the problems you've caused, but it's about the time that was wasted that you can't get back. It's the years you've lost. It's the years that were messed up that bothers you the most. You may be living right back where you were used to living, but now you look back at a generation, you look back at a decade, and you say, I lost that. And there's not a millionaire in this world that can buy a minute of time and you understand I can't do anything about the childhood of my children that I squandered and the opportunities that I wasted and so I'm just going to have to sit here God's going to have to bless and use someone else these are my mistakes I own them and I can't do anything about the waste but here's what the Lord said the Lord says I know all about the canker worms and the palmer worms and everything else because I'm the one that sent them to judge your actions And the same God that said, I judged you with these things, said, I'm going to restore everything, even the opportunities you lost because of your judgment. You see, 
God, hallelujah, is trying to come to somebody here today and say, I'm not just here to restore the ones who have lost something because of what someone else did, but I'm here to restore you because of what you did. I'm here to restore. Oh, come on, somebody needs to understand. You've disqualified yourself. Every time awakenings come around, you've said everybody but me because I don't deserve it. And the Lord says, I know you don't deserve it. I'm the one to put the judgment on you in the first place. But here's the difference. The day of judgment is over and now it's a time of blessing. Somebody, 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 somebody needs to come up out of that place, push the people around you out of the way and say, I've let guilt, shame, and sickness. I've let despair and despondency. I let, come on, some of you afraid of the people sitting beside you. You need to look aside and say, get out of my way. If you can't help me, don't stop me. Get out of my way. Don't even block me because God has let me know tonight that after all these years, I'm a person of promise. This church has a promise. Your church has a promise. Your city has a promise. Your pastor has a promise. But you, sir, have a promise. You, ma'am, have a promise. What's holding you back? What's keeping you back? Come and get your promise tonight. Hallelujah. All right. Stand with me. One more try to convince them that God means what he's saying. Let me tell you. Let's go back to our text. And he blessed them that day saying, In thee shall Israel bless. See, boys, it's not going to stop here. You're going to have families and babies, and your babies are going to grow up and have families and babies. You're going to be a mighty nation. And as Israel grows, they shall bless. Listen to this. Saying, God make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh when he set Ephraim before Manasseh. What he's saying is there's going to come generations down the road that need to remember that fruitfulness is greater than forgetfulness. And they're going to come back generations to this moment. And Jacob is saying, something's happening here that's going to give hope to future generations. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have problems. They're going to have stuff to get over. And when they have no hope, somebody's going to be looking through the history book of time and say, hang on, what happened to Manasseh and Ephraim? Because you're going to find from then on, it's not Manasseh and Ephraim, but rather it's Ephraim 
and Manasseh. It changed in the word of God. Every reference, every instance from then on through time. Somebody's going to say, how did this get turned around? It got turned around because somebody needed to be fruitful over forgetting. What I'm trying to preach to you is it's not all about you, sir. If you can't get it right for yourself, get it right for your children. If you can't get it right for yourself, get it right for your grandchildren. If you can't get it right for yourself, then let God do it because you're going to have babies and their baby's going to have babies and they're going to need to know that at some point you put the past behind you, you let God bless you and God did a work in your life.